Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the show. Before we get started on our topic, I wanted to share, well, some feedback with you. We are uh, seeing interest in this podcast globally. We've got people in Asia. We've got people in Europe. We've got people all over the world that are downloading this podcast. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being a loyal listener. Thank you for following this work. And most of all, thank you for affirming that there are crazy people out there that just want to win. Remember, this show is for people who are crazy enough to take risks, crazy enough to go big, crazy enough to go all in for what's important in life. And I thank you for your craziness. Now, before we get into our topic, I wanted to share something with you that I think you'll find interesting. First of all, did you know that culture turns on our language? The culture of an organization is turned by our language. Think about what that means. What is the, what is the language we use in our organizations? What do we say on a regular basis that really impacts the culture of our team. You know, I lead a group of CEOs that meets monthly and and we bring in speakers to talk on various topics. And yesterday I was simply blown away by our speaker. We had a gentleman named Ryan Walter. Now, if you're a hockey fan, you may know that name, Ryan Walter. Ryan Walter was a number two overall pick in the National Hockey League. He ended up becoming a Canadian on the Montreal Canadiens and winning the Stanley Cup. And I'm always intrigued by the way professional athletes think. I mean, you've got to remember, these people are at the tiny sliver of humanity on this planet. People that are good enough at something that they get paid to play a child's game. And the the way they think and the way they function and the way they operate is fascinating to me. So his topic yesterday was leading the shift. How do you activate a winning mindset? How do you think like a winner? And remember, we're crazy enough to win on this show. We're crazy enough to introduce things that, well, they may, they may provide an opportunity for us to operate at extremely high-functioning levels. Now, he he told some stories about what it was like to walk into the locker room during his first experience as a professional hockey player. And you got to remember, he was drafted number two overall. So what do you think the strength of the team that picked him was if he was the number two pick? He said, of course, it wasn't a very good team. And he said he remembered walking into the locker room and you could almost feel well, you could feel the lack of energy, the lack of uh, positive thinking, the lack of, well, just the, the lack of that, that, that sense of winning, that feeling in the locker room. And then he contrasted that with being on the team that won the Stanley Cup. And he said it was so much of a contrast. You could, you could just feel the difference in the locker room, in the attitude of the players that were winners. They had won the cup 
I think six years in a row, or six years out of so many teams. I mean, they were they were a winning team consistently. And he said that the feel of the locker room was intense. People came in with a positive attitude, and they did their job. So with that in mind, with that sports metaphor on your mind, I want you to think about your team. You know, how are the habits of your team right now? Are they winning habits? Are they habits that may stand out from an ordinary company? Or are those habits from what people might call mediocre? Are there negative habits? Are people complaining? Do people, you know, lack the the intense work ethic that usually accompanies a winning team? So here's what Ryan said to us. He said, your belief system affects your mindset and your mindset affects your belief system. So he called it like a, a feedback loop. If we have a positive belief system, we're going to be more positive in our own minds. And if we're positive in our own minds, it perpetuates a positive belief system. And he said there were three types of players that he noticed in hockey. And, and you may be able to identify with these players. There are those me players. It's all about me. It's all about me. I have to get my playing time. I have to get the ball. I have to get the puck. I have to get my at-bats. He said those teams aren't usually winning teams. And he said average teams kind of, well, they're more like the we players. There's a sense of team, a sense of unity. It's we. And then he said there are the C players. And he said, I don't mean C as in the letter C. I mean letters as in the word C, S-E-E. And they see everything differently. So the question is, how do we get from a me player on our team or a we player on our team or a team that's able to see reality through the lens of, well, winning or success? Because after all, this podcast is about helping you become more successful. You know, he, he talked about the, the winning team that he was on. It was, it was more about they, and, and the winning players were more likely to deflect positive feedback and give it to their teammates. And meaning that if, you know, someone said, hey, you did a great job, you did a great job, they would deflect that back onto their teammates. So the question we're going to ask today is how do we as leaders ethically influence the mindset of our people? How do we change the way people think in a way that is not only effective, but also powerful in their lives? So think about results. If you have desired results, things that you want to accomplish in your organization, it may be higher sales, it may be better quality, it may be, well, better safety, it might be operational excellence, or in sports, it might be winning. He said the first thing you have to examine are the habits, actions, and behaviors of the team. What are the routine habits of your team? Do people come in and do certain things that will perpetuate winning or success or high achievement? What are their habits? You know, are people reading books all the time? Are people talking about new books? Do they have a learning uh, well, do they have an attitude of wanting to learn all the time? And then what are the actions? Do people come in and work aggressively with a great attitude? And from those, what are the behaviors? Do you see people helping others? Do you see people engaged? 
at work. And he said, from those, you get a belief system, a mindset. And that's our focus today. We're going to talk about mindset today through the lens of what Ryan Walter shared with my group yesterday. Because all of these are about experiences. It's about the experience that we have in this thing called life. Now, here's where it gets fun. Here's where it gets exciting. He talked about the reticular activating system in our brain. And I am a huge fan of studying the RAS. And the RAS is this thing in the back of our brain that, well, it's our, it's our filter. It is the thing that can determine what is relevant for us to focus on or not relevant. It is this way that our brain can segregate information so that we're not overwhelmed with too much information. Think about it. If we didn't have the RAS, at any moment in time, all of your senses are picking up information. And what if we had to consciously process every bit of information that came into our brain? Everything we saw, everything we heard, everything we smelled, everything we tasted. It would, it would be chaos in our brain. So the RAS is this part of the brain. The reticular activating system is the part of the brain that separates important or relevant from not important or not relevant. But think about it this way. If, if you give your newborn child a name, you will start to see that name everywhere. I mean, you'll, you'll recognize it everywhere. If you buy a new car, and you will start to see that car everywhere. But prior to those two occurrences, it never crossed your mind because it wasn't relevant for you. So the RAS is something that I want you to think about as we go through this experience. So I want you to imagine a four quadrant, well, a four square quadrant. You've got an upper left, you've got an upper right, you've got a lower left, and you've got a lower right. Can you get that picture in your mind? And he talked about that quadrant as a thinking tendencies model. This is Ryan's word. He calls it a thinking tendencies model. And if you imagine the bottom left of that quadrant, he called that your past negative thinking. So this is when you look back in your mind and you think about all the negative things in your life. Now, what we're, what we're talking about here is called metacognition. And people say, holy cow, John, what in the world is metacognition? Well, metacognition is a fancy way of thinking about what you think about. So just like I described in that lower left-hand quadrant, past negative thinking. If you think about what you think about on a regular basis, does your mind tend to reside in that lower left-hand quadrant? This is where disappointment occurs. This is where blame occurs. Now, this can be self-blame as well. And this can be self-disappointment. Regret lives in the bottom left quadrant. Losses lives in the bottom left quadrant. This is where our negative voice comes. This is where we blame ourselves. This is where we have negative self-talk. We're thinking about all the negative things that have happened in the past. And we armor up. Brene Brown wrote a book called Dare to Lead, and she says we armor up with this negative thinking in our brain. And you know what Ryan said? It's so cool. If you know that you're thinking about past negative, you can change it. You can change it. You can say, holy cow, I'm in past negative. 
I'm in a past negative mindset right now. I need to, I need to rethink about something differently. So as you might imagine, on the bottom right-hand corner of the quadrant is your future negative, your future negative thinking. Future negative is the place where fear lives. We're thinking about what might happen, what's going to occur. It is the place where fear resides. I'm afraid to take this chance. I'm afraid to take this risk. I'm afraid to try something new. I'm afraid of change because, well, something bad might happen. I'm having a future negative thinking mindset. This is where anxiousness lives. We're anxious about something negative that might happen, or we're worried about things that might happen. Now, let me tell you something about fear. Fear is not even, well, fear is false events appearing real. Fear of the future is fear of something that doesn't even exist. It's a false event. It hasn't occurred. It is something that is prescripted in our mind. It doesn't mean that it may not occur, but fear is something that hasn't occurred. False events appearing real. Fear is where worry, fear is where we are, well, we're just not willing to do something because of something that may or may not happen. And if you think about what happens in future negative thinking, it's, it's where paralysis occurs. If we're afraid of something, the easiest thing to do is do nothing. To do nothing. Fear paralyzes. Fear of failure. Fear of loss. Think about how we are so controlled by our fears. I led a group of uh, leaders this morning. I gave a speech here locally. And one of the things I talked about was taking action and change. And, and people said, John, are you saying change for the sake of change? And my answer is absolutely. Change is like a muscle. The only way we get good at change is by working the muscle. Otherwise, we are too paralyzed by fear, anxiousness, and worry. So bottom right, future negative thinking. Think of an F minus. Bottom left, past negative thinking. Think of a P minus. P minus is what deflates us. It, it's what takes our energy. Oh, we've done that and it didn't work. Or we tried that 20 years ago and it didn't work. Or that's the way we've always done it. Does this thinking sound familiar? Past negative thinking, future negative thinking. If you know you're in that quadrant, people, you can change your thinking. Now, in the upper left-hand corner of the quadrant. I want you to think of it as past positive thinking. Past positive thinking. Past positive thinking is what regenerates our energy. We think about all the good things that have happened in the past. And one of the things that Ryan did that I thought was remarkable was he, he talked about how he coaches NHL players right now. And he will give them in a 30 plus minute coaching session, he will give them half of that time, 15 minutes, to just talk about all the negativity that they're feeling, that they're thinking. And then in the second half, he will play 10 actual clips of them 
making amazing plays. And in those 10 amazing plays, they will see themselves looking at past positive events. And then he has a conversation about the past positive events. And then he did something that I thought was, was so cool. He, he told us that when, when you get a player to focus on past positive, it's very hard for them to think about past negative simultaneously. So if you're in one mindset, it's very hard to be in another mindset at the same time. So in the upper right-hand quadrant, think of future positive thinking future positive thinking. This is, the, this is the positive thinking that activates energy. This is where you think of your next, well, it could be a next sales call. It could be a, a next at bat. It could be anything that's coming up and you pre-think of it in a positive setting. You know, my older son is a salesman in Houston and he was going into a presentation with a, well, probably the largest client they would have ever had. And I told him, I said, I want you to think positively about the outcome. Think about this deal going well. Think about the presentation going well. Think about winning the business. Think about that before you go into the actual meeting with your client. And it comes from an idea that, that, uh, that Ryan said that, you know, a lot of times you'll see hockey players. They'll go out on the ice and sit on a bench two hours, three hours before the game, and they'll hold their stick, and they'll look in a direction and move their stick, look in another direction and move their stick, look in another direction and move their stick. They're thinking positively about the shots that they're gonna make in the game three hours from that moment. And I want you to, to just analyze how that might affect you. If everything that you're doing, if you will think of it in terms of future positive, I am going to win, I am going to succeed, I am going to achieve. How, if you're in that mindset of future positive thinking, it is very hard for you to be in another mindset. And he didn't say this, but the way this, the way this made sense in my brain is if you have these four quadrants, there are doors that connect each of these quadrants. And the only way to go from future positive thinking to future negative thinking is to go through the door. What if you don't allow yourself to go through that door? What if you're able to control your thinking? Or at least be aware of it and attempt to get out of it. So in the top half of the quadrant, on the left hand side you have a P with a plus. Past positive thinking. This is the highlight reel in your head. This is the successful things that have happened in your life. And on the right-hand side, you've got future positive thinking. This is where you're going to go through the lens of success. Now, people might say, this is, this is, this is kind of crazy. You know, we're talking about mindset. We're talking about metacognition. All I want you to understand from this podcast is that if we can just pause for a moment, and think about our thoughts. Metacognition, think about our thoughts. We can easily identify which quadrant we're in. And the beauty of that is, if we're able to make that mental pause, we are able to decide to walk through a door. I am stuck 
in negative past thinking. I am wallowing in past negative thinking. I need to move into past positive thinking. I need to pull out the highlight reel and look at all the good that I've done. It's a powerful mental exercise that I think we can learn with practice over time. I think we can learn how to be better at the way we choose to think about ourselves. Now here's some facts that I think you may find interesting. The average human has about 60,000 thoughts per day. 60,000 thoughts in a day. Wow. I wonder, think about your own thoughts. How many of those are in the bottom left quadrant? Past negative thinking. How many of those are in the bottom right-hand quadrant? Future negative thinking. I had someone in a class tell me this morning, they said, you know, I worry when things are going well that things must be about to go badly. I worry because I'm not worried enough. People like that are dwelling in future negative thinking. If you are a worrier, you may tend to live in future negative thinking for those 60,000 thoughts that you have per day. And here's my challenge to you. If you know that you reside in future negative thinking most of the time, you can choose not to be in that quadrant. Now, 95% of the thoughts we have today, we will have again tomorrow. Ryan said that 95% of the thoughts we have today, we will have again tomorrow. So think about what that means. If you dwell in past negative thinking, or if you dwell in future negative thinking today, you are 95% likely to have those same thoughts again tomorrow. And if you have them tomorrow, you're going to have them the day after. But if you're able to have most of your thoughts in past positive, think about all the good things you've done. Think about all the wonderful accomplishments you've made. Think about all the shots you've made. Then you're going to think about those again tomorrow. And if you think about future positive, this, this is the activation of energy. Things are going to go well. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to achieve. You're going to have those thoughts again tomorrow. But here's the sad reality. He said 80% of our thoughts are negative. Past negative, future negative. That's a sad testament to humanity, isn't it? 80% of our thoughts are going to be negative. So here's something I want you to do. We tend to blame people or call people negative. And if you, if you understand this metacognition thing, this quadrant thing, you'll understand that there are no negative people out there. There are no positive people out there. There are people who are thinking positively, and there are people out there who are thinking negatively. And if they're thinking positive or negatively, people, we can help them. We can help them by helping them understand what we're talking about in this podcast. And if there's people you love who tend to live in the world of disappointment, live in the world of blame, live in the world of regret and loss, live in the world of this negative voice, you can help them understand that they are in the negative past mindset. 
and that they can change that. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy to change, but you can help them understand. If This was powerful for me because I had in the past called people negative. There are negative people. Well, if you believe this mindset work, then there's really not negative people. People are neutral. Negative or positive is a condition of how they think because their actions come from their thoughts. So if 80% of negative thoughts are either past negative thinking or future negative thinking, don't you think we can learn to look at the lens of our thoughts through past positive and future positive? I believe that's something that we can practice and get better at. Like I said, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I think we can give each other emotional permission to understand what quadrant we are in. The quadrant that we're in represents the way we think. Now, we talked about ethics. How do leaders ethically influence the mindset of others? Can you have, can you have a really good definition of leadership without the word influence? I don't think so. I think our job as leaders is to influence people in and out of these mindsets, that we can set a mindset, that we can pre-script a mindset. And we do that a lot of ways. We may do it with a, with a meeting early with our team to give them positive mindset. We may meet with our team to, to give them positive energy. And you know, all of this is about finding flow. One of the things that Ryan talked about was finding flow in life. In sports, flow is that space and time where everything stops and you are in the zone, the flow zone. The flow zone is maybe if you're at work and, and you're a surgeon and you're working on something and everything else is blocked out and you're worked on, you're working on uh, you know, an incision, you're able to block everything out. My youngest son was uh, part of a team that came back and won a big game this year. And as the team was coming back and as they eventually won, he told me after the game, he said, Dad, he goes, after the game, I was shaking. I was shaking. Because when we're in flow, we, we may get a, an adrenaline dump in our body that causes us to have hyper-focus, hyper-intense focus. And everything else in the world is blocked out. He probably didn't hear the crowd. He didn't hear his sneakers squeaking against the hardwood. He didn't hear anything. He was in intense hyper-focus. That's flow. Finding flow in life usually comes from the things that we love or enjoy or that we're really, really good at. Flow is when you're in the zone and you don't have to think about it. Isn't that beautiful? To live a life where you can spend time in the zone? It could be writing your next book. It could be writing your next song. It could be playing your music. It could be whatever it is that gives you that, that feeling of flow, of being in the zone. Now, let me recap a little bit. There are four quadrants that I want you to think about. Your mind is either in one of four quadrants at all times. And I firmly believe, I firmly believe that we can control what quadrant we are in. We can choose to be in 
past positive. We can think about the highlight reel and all the wonderful things that have occurred in our lives. We can be in that, in that place where we know that we have achieved success, and if we've achieved success, we can do it again. And then we can also be in that upper right-hand quadrant where we are thinking about the positive future. I'm going to visualize myself being successful. I'm going to visualize myself winning. It's a choice, folks. If you find yourself in the bottom left quadrant, in the world of disappointment and worry and regret, understand that, hey, snap out of it, John. You can move out of this quadrant. You can walk through the door into past positive. And if we find ourselves in that bottom right-hand quadrant, that future negative thoughts where we're, we're worried or we're anxious or we're afraid, afraid of things that may never even happen, isn't that crazy? Then we can choose to walk out that door as well. Controlling your mind is as easy as being aware of what quadrant you're in. Now, we're crazy. We're crazy because we are going to not only influence our own mind, but as leaders, we're going to use this thinking, this mindset thinking, this metacognition as a way of leading others into positive future or positive negative. Ryan Walter. By the way, he was a, he had a cameo role in one of my favorite movies of all time. You can see I'm a little starstruck here. He actually brought his his uh, Stanley Cup championship ring to our meeting, and we got to we got to hold it and take pictures with it. But if you're a movie fan, if you're a sports movie fan, if you're someone who loves sappy sports movies about the underdog, about the team that shouldn't win that wins, like me, I still cry at Rudy. I still get choked up. He was in the movie Miracle. Miracle about the 1980 U.S. hockey team that defeated the Russians. It was a David and Goliath story. There's no way that the Americans should have beat the Russians. And in the movie, he was the referee. And you'll notice him right away. He played the clip during our meeting. He tells Herb, who is the coach of the American team, said, hey, get your guys back on the ice, Herb. And he was so humble. He said, it only took me 26 takes to get my one line in that movie correct. So, we've come to the end. I'm taking 30 minutes of your time today, and I hope you found every single second worth it. You know, you're giving me the most precious gift any human being can give another. You're giving me your time. And I make a commitment to you that this podcast, this future award-winning podcast, will be the podcast that you share with more people that you want others to hear because we are crazy enough to win. Until next time.